0: Today I would like to talk about what is the appropriate way to express anger in a professional setting. Um, I think that a lot of times anger is one of those emotions that gets tamped down in a professional setting. So I thought it might be fun to have a
1: conversation about what does it look like to express anger. You're right, because the, the first thing is it's a contradiction to what's often said. A lot of people often give the advice, you shouldn't be expressing anger, don't you? Well, you shouldn't be angry, you should. But when in real, in real terms, we've all gotten angry, I'm sure, in a working working environment. Um, so it's to what extent do you express it, I guess?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, we all get the
0: advice, when you get an email, don't respond immediately. Or if you do, respond like in, in a Word document and then delete it and write a real email so what does it look like to be able to express anger?
2: The, 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 um, the advice that I have heard given, which makes me want to rip somebody's face off. Is, <laughs> which makes you angry. Don't, don't be angry. Be disappointed.
0: Mm. <laughs> They're different things.
2: They are so different. They're yeah. completely contradictory in many ways. The, the reason we have anger as a human emotion is because it serves a function. It may not be a particularly constructive function all the time, and for sure, in some people, it's an overused function, but it's there for a reason and we should be able, without fear of recrimination, to be able to express it. Yeah. However, it is... I was going
0: to say, but.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's a huge but in there. I think sociologically speaking, it's frowned upon in the workspace. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it's not it's a societal thing rather than a, a functional human thing. This this damping down of, of anger.
3: It's the retribution bit, isn't it? Without fear of retribution.
2: Yeah. There
3: is retribution. And that's why we're not allowed to use it in those contexts. You think no one's allowed to use it? Well, actually it's the some some of it is about the unreasonable man isn't it Mm. that nothing ever changes unless there is an unreasonable man personality person Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and by being unreasonable you therefore make change because you say no i will not accept i will not accept that Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and i have had bosses And I've had people who work for me who are the unreasonable person. And yes, it does. It does work really well. But you have to have your reasons for it. Your reasons for saying no and you shall not pass. (laughs) How much
0: risk (laughs) risk is there professionally to being that person? Say that again, Robin. Sorry, what? How much risk is there to being that unreasonable person
1: professionally? I think because surely by, by definition, if you're actually being unreasonable, there's stacks of risk and you shouldn't do it because don't be unreasonable. If you're angry, that's not unreasonable. Uh, you know, Katie, like you say, if you've got valid reason, because for me, I think if you yeah, like, in answer to the, like the overarching question of how to express it, I think it's okay to just say it. Um, if you're that angry that you wound up like a spring and frankly you've got to leave the room, say so. you know, say i'm'm I'm, I'll be honest I'm I'm angry, but I do want to continue the conversation but I've got to take myself off for a couple of minutes and then come back and then say I am angry and let me tell you why and then formulate an argument because if yeah, if you're just banging and crashing around and hurling abuse, unreasonable <laughs> that's that's not okay. whereas if you have good reason to be angry, then the way to express it is to is to explain what's what it is exactly that's made you made you angry. Mm. I think you
2: have to be very careful about um just saying blanket, I'm angry or whatever. I think there there are kinds of anger. There's reactive anger where somebody does something that makes you angry and there's there's frustration anger and there's resentment anger and there's all kinds of other things that can be genuine legitimate anger for a variety of different reasons some of which are self-generated and some of which are generated externally and of course you're going to treat those in a different way but they're also going to be triggered in different ways mm. and they're going to express themselves in different
1: ways mm. and actually some of those probably should be buried you know, like saying, yeah like you say you know you kind of think okay am i actually past the point where i do need to mention it or am i just act, you know is it enough for me to
3: just kind of get i'll put a lid on it it's not worth it pick your battles that kind of thing mm. Very much so. And I think teaching people to pick their battles is a skill, you know, of of having some of those conversations of, do you want to die in a ditch over this? <laughs> Sometimes, yes, you'd really, really do. And that's when you can be the unreasonable person. Um, but it's um, the Brene Brown thing of the story I'm telling myself. Sometimes yeah. that anger can come from there, can't it? right
0: yeah Yeah. so how do you tell the difference how it how would we um teach someone or show someone when is it appropriate to be angry and when is it stuff you're making up yourself and you have to own that how do you tell the difference
2: i think
1: ironically ironically perhaps by you can provide and again this is something you'd need to teach people if it's not coming automatically as long as you're open to hearing that perhaps it's your own story playing out and that it's it's essentially you are the source of your own rage mm. um as long as you're open to hearing that the solution is to say what you're angry about so that somebody can hold up a mirror and go eh, you know and then then you'll know and then you can as long as you're open to hearing that response you can go oh yeah that is that is me a little bit sorry however i do still think this and then you've got a conversation which diffuses the the anger mm. um but it still comes down to vocalizing it i think so it sounds like what we're saying is having the
0: ability to a first recognize your anger first mm. and i think that a lot of times for a lot of people that anger just comes spilling out before they realize hey i'm angry and because you have to be able to articulate it you have to notice it
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, and create language around how do you express it mm. and good organizations pull together some language that you can use as a dialogue you know shared language Mm -hmm. that you can say okay you did this and this is how we have um, restorative conversations Uh, you know they they talk a lot about that in schools now I talk a lot about productive conflict don't avoid it completely
0: but make it productive and to your point Katie having the language having the ability avoiding those um, ambush conversations where someone attacks you and then you respond and being able to say, no, not doing this in an ambush conversation. Let's figure out what we're doing here. And you're right. I think it's an organization's responsibility. Do you think that today in the world where we all are on these kind of calls, that those conversations are happening?
1: In some case, because you're right, the, the key, the key word is shared. And the only way that's being shared is if you're consciously creating culture um, to avoid that kind of thing and I think where some organizations are now moving permanently over to remote working they're being forced to look at it and pay attention to it and think right we need new policies new strategies a whole new so that because they're being forced to consciously think about it those organizations are creating possibly a better culture than they had to begin with mm. um, because it's forcing them to look at it but there there are Without a doubt, <laughs> people at the other end of the scale um, who aren't paying attention to it at all and are just sort of poodling along. And these these things are festering. It's just, wow. yeah. Is yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's
2: something here um, that while we're in the remote working space, it's a lot harder to storm out and slam the door. Mm. You can leave a Zoom meeting or, or a Teams meeting, but you can't slam the door.
0: Right. And
2: you can't vent in the same way as you can do in person um and and in a sense there's another thing that i think we might be missing which is that not all anger is conflict you know it's not always two sides it's not always a bunch of people against one or one against one sometimes you're just angry at, at the world or at yourself and that story is just as real as if you have conflict but there's no one to push against so how do you express that in a way that gives you that cathartic intervention for yourself that allows you then to relax and let your shoulders go and get on with what you have to do.
0: Right. So we're bumping up against the 10-minute time limit that uh, LinkedIn allows us. So I wanted to kind of break here and have that conversation. And then the second part of the conversation that I want to introduce and have us have as a second piece is what part does gender play in the ability to express anger and the ability for organizations and other people to accept anger. Um, I think there's another part of the conversation that we are not prepared to handle here because we don't have the right diversity, but there's also a cultural aspect to being allowed to have anger uh, in in a professional setting.